0: Did you know that poor gut health can lead to fertility issues? Improving your gut health will increase your chances of getting pregnant. And if you aren't planning on having a baby, you should care about your fertility regardless because fertile body is a healthy body. Today I have a special guest Sandra Sharp. We discuss gut health, fertility, thyroid, should you be taking probiotics? We also speak about miscarriage and how to prepare your body for pregnancy. This episode is jam-packed with knowledge. So grab a pen and paper and let's go. You're listening to Feel Better, Be Better podcast that helps women like you understand your female body better, balance your hormones naturally, and develop a healthy mindset. Welcome to Feel Better, Be Better. I am your host, Dinara, and I'm in the mission to help you support your health and reconnect with your body so you can thrive as you go through life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Feel Better, Be Better podcast. Today, I have a guest that I've
1: been wanting to bring since I've started this podcast, but... Um, we're getting to it now. (laughs) Her name is Sandra Sharp and she is an old friend of mine. We actually met almost two years ago, virtually. That's how you create virtual friends. And we are both in health and wellness and we were part of the same program at the time. And we immediately connected just because we had a very similar view on women's health, on what needs to be done in the industry of the issues that women are facing. And she has been massive support to me and she's been such a good friend throughout this progress but I think as the funny thing goes with internet you become so close with people but then you've actually never seen them in physical flesh so this is <laughs> this is quite literally our case welcome Sandra thank you so
2: much lovely thank you so much for having me I'm so excited to uh to chat on your new
1: podcast yeah this is so exciting so i the reason that i wanted to bring you on is because the topic that you discuss with women is incredibly important and that's the topic of gut health but on top of it you went ahead and got pregnant and you're basically about to give birth to a human in about two months so i wanted to combine the topics of gut health and fertility for those women who are want to get pregnant, who are thinking of getting pregnant, or maybe who are pregnant at the moment. So before we'll jump into that, let tell us a little bit about who you are, what's your story, because I know your story is fascinating.
2: Sure. So um, thank you for the intro. So my name obviously is Sandra Sharp. I am a certified functional medicine and nutrition coach, um, and I primarily work with women to help them restore hormone balance from a root cause approach, so we look into everything from gut health to thyroid health to, you know, your liver health, um, your diet, and your lifestyle, of course. So, what are the root causes that create hormonal imbalances in the first place? Um, obviously, gut health is a huge part of that. Um, there's a huge link between gut health and and hormone health, which we'll we'll obviously get into. But for me, this journey really started. When I was about 16 years old, um, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and a really severe case of hypothyroidism. So my numbers were actually so low, my body was pretty much shutting down. Um, And I remember my endocrinologist at the time, he put me directly on medication and said that my numbers were so low that if I was any older, uh, my body would have actually actually shut down um, because of the fact that my thyroid was pretty much just not, it was just not working at all. Um, So I was like sleeping 18 hour days, I was um, really inflamed, I was I had a very swollen uh, thyroid, Um, I just felt horrendous. And um, obviously, at the age of 16, knowing that you are going to have a condition, basically for life. Um, and have to be on medication for life was a huge shock to my system, emotionally, mentally, physically, I had to do a whole life overhaul, I had to really start focusing on what I was eating, um, you know, how I was taking care of my body. And so my fascination with health and wellness really started from a young age. And once I made those changes, and I started seeing the effect of that on my body i started feeling better i started having more energy i started losing all that inflammation weight um i just realized the importance of understanding how our bodies worked but in the back of my mind i was always thinking like why would this happen to someone at such a young age um and i never got that answer until really a few years ago um so i um I had I've had hypothyroidism for many many years. I still do. Um. I also you know had debilitating periods. Um. I was I got my period very young when I was eleven, so very very young. Um. And I was in excruciating pain every single month. I was on very heavy painkillers in my teens, in my twenties. Um. And I didn't have endometriosis. Uh. But obviously I had a whole ton of PMS symptoms because of my thyroid imbalance and I also had a lot of gut issues which at the time obviously everything was told I, I was told everything that I was experiencing was normal and just to get on with life and this is how it is and women just have to deal with it and you know your mother and your grandmother has been in have been in pain for years and nobody complained and like <laughs> you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and all of that stuff and it just never, that never convinced me. I was like, this can't be, this can't be an answer. So, um, I did a lot of, a lot of research, a lot of digging on my own. Um, I, you know, essentially helped heal myself in a lot of ways, um, because I wasn't getting the answers from practitioners that I needed. And the whole world of functional medicine was still not really, um, recognized or acknowledged and people weren't really yeah. giving it any credit um, so anyways long story short um I started coaching uh, about six five or six years ago um and I started coaching women just in overall health and wellness and just you know adopting healthier habits but then I got pregnant for the first time in 2020 and um, I gave birth to my daughter pandemic hit and I was diagnosed with stage one thyroid cancer, which was a huge, wow. again, huge shock to the system because mm-hmm. here I was advocating for health and wellness. I was a health coach. Um, you know, I have I essentially, quote unquote, did everything right, but I was still getting diagnosed with cancer. So um, that kind of catapulted my desire to really deep dive into this field and understand, like, what is all this connection? With uh, with all the different parts of our bodies, how can this happen to someone, um, you know, at a young age? Like, why is this so common? What are the root issues? So, I really, really um, became incredibly fascinated with this journey. Um, I did also, you know, once I got over my cancer and everything, and thankfully it was it was caught very early. Um, I experienced a miscarriage last year. Uh, yes, I am currently pregnant, but I did go through miscar- early miscarriage um, about exactly one year ago. And again, it was due to a lot of things that were going on in my body between thyroid health and gut health. And it was just proof in the pudding that everything is connected, that one system, you know, goes off or is imbalanced and it, it can affect everything else. And obviously, as women, our fertility is the first thing that we start to see, you know, get affected. So. Um so yeah it's just been a, a really amazing eye opening journey of these like layers that keep unfolding um yes. and mm-hmm. seeing how everything truly is connected from the top down and this is exactly what i do now with with women and with my clients and in my programs is address hormone balance from a top down approach
1: Oh my gosh, did not want to interrupt you, but there's so many notes that I've taken along the way just because I want to double tap on so many things. But one of the things that I want to that stands out is I see so many women that aren't feeling well, and then they go to the doctors and then they do all these tests and then they find out that there is nothing wrong. And you're like, well, how is that possible? And I really applaud the fact that you didn't take the answer from because i think a lot of people i'm i most i've also struggled with painful periods which i've shared on this podcast but a lot of us do take the answer that this is just how it is especially because yeah. we hear from other people we hear from society that in fact painful periods is just it's just how you should live and of course mm-hmm. you and i both know that once we do approach our body from the standpoint of trying to understand the root cause and actually heal it it just overnight goes away so yeah. i want to Thank you for not giving up just because it's clearly has affected not only you, but created such a ripple effect with those people that you serve.
2: Yeah, no, it's been a journey, but, uh, but it's just, again, like one thing is just staying curious. And I think that's something that we as coaches definitely have to tell our clients and have to, um, constantly advocate for is just being curious because pain and discomfort as women is not a default. And unfortunately we've been conditioned to think that it is.
1: Yeah. But also how common is the problem that if we are not, you you mentioned that I'm not, I was not living the example of this health coach and I'm getting diagnosed with all these things and how I just find this is such a women's conditioning when we're like, well, if I'm not perfect, that how can I possibly do it? Yeah. But actually in your pain and in the stuff that you are struggling with, that's when your story gets built. And that's yeah, what yeah. actually ends up building your, I was recently talking with my my parents, my mom is visiting in town and I was telling her how I had to go through all of this pain. I had to go through all the struggles. And now as I'm tapping into a variety of healing methodologies, and I'm like, I have to take it through me. It's kind of like, you have to take a pill. Let's put it in the basic words, just because it's easy to understand. You have to take yeah. a pill and then you kind of have to experience those side effects to so be able to communicate them. And actually those experiences, they didn't for so many women, it could have been like, why me? But actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've taken it and built um, an incredible business around it, which is amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had to do a lot of inner work because uh, for a very long time, I had severe identity crisis. <laughs> um, and again, like you said, you know, this idea of perfection as a health coach or as a practitioner is really, um, can be really uh, you know discouraging because you start to think that like well if i can't be this perfect image for people then then how can they you know be my clients and um and it de- definitely takes a lot of inner work it took a lot of inner work for me to to realize that this is my story and i may not have cured my thyroid um you know or have been able to naturally reverse my hypothyroidism, or heal myself from cancer without a surgery or anything like that. um, You know, I definitely went the conventional route and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, but at the same time, you know, what I do in my work and how it comes across is that I don't want people to go through what I went through Um, and. I want it to be an example of this is why it's important to understand your body. And this is why it's important to ask questions. And this is why it's important to be your own advocate because no one else will be. Um, Mm -hmm. No one's going to come and save you. No one's going to, you know, do the work for you. And so this is, this is in essence, what I had to really come to terms with and say like, wait a minute, I'm not perfect. I didn't heal myself in many ways, but I'm still, you know, advocating for a lot of things that women should advocate for when it comes to their own health. So so yeah, it definitely takes a lot of um it definitely takes a lot of inner work and uh perspective shifting. Yeah
1: we got in perspective <laughs> and perseverance, but actually realizing that our perfectionism sometimes quite literally stands in the way of us 100%. being able to perfection is the enemy of progress. It's like I think when you yeah. have your own business you just keep realizing it layers and layers and layers. Mm. Yeah, and you're like, 100%. oh, this is, this is not it. Another thing that you mentioned very briefly is miscarriage. And yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about that just because miscarriage is a little bit I mean there is a topic of period that's been taboo there is a topic Mm -hmm. of so many women's health issues it's because women specifically when we mention our genitalia it just gets into this like oh my gosh don't talk about that and then when men mention that of course it's it's a very like oh little Johnny is playing with his peepee like it's just it's not it's a very different gram but I do want to talk about it for the purpose of normalizing it because i think yeah. so many women experience miscarriages and i hear it silently when women share it with me but it's like oh but this is this is not a good thing as if like our bodies feeling us as- i don't know where that messaging is comes from but tell us a little bit about your yeah. experience and why do you think it is such a taboo
2: um i i do think again it's like conditioning it's like this mm-hmm. this idea that a woman's body is meant to very easily without effort get pregnant right Um, and Mm -hmm. to be honest that's couldn't be further from the truth like people think that like oh I want to get pregnant poof let me just get pregnant you know it's not just a matter of like having sex and getting pregnant Mm -hmm. there's work that takes that it takes to get pregnant um and to have a A body that can support a pregnancy. But I think that that is sort of essentially this conditioning that we've been, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that we start to believe that because biologically we're meant to reproduce, anything, any sort of hiccup in that process means that we're automatically failing, that our body is failing. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really um, an unfortunate way that women see that in their journey um you know and it's way more common than we even think but it's just nobody talks about it um and so a hundred percent i'm for normalizing it um like the majority of women that come into my programs have had either a chemical pregnancy or a miscarriage mm-hmm. um you know have had very have had a lot of complications in pregnancies mm-hmm um weren't informed about a lot of things during pregnancy so there is a lot of information that we are one not sharing and two not being told um to be able to normalize these things yeah so i think that's a reason why women think it's such a taboo um that it's like oh god you know my body's not performing the right way it's Mm -hmm. you know failing me it's embarrassing but if anything, I think, again, it goes back to the idea that women think it it should be easy. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it takes work it, it, and it takes preparation and it takes, and it's not just physical preparation in terms of like what you're eating and your lifestyle, but it's also mental preparation, like this idea of perfection, this idea of, um, you know, uh, connecting with your body and like welcoming a pregnancy and being ready emotionally mentally for a pregnancy i think we mm-hmm. put so many barriers to ourselves like oh but i've got to plan this and i've got to do that and i've got to be financially ready and i you know there's a lot going on in our minds yes that can that actually that can mm-hmm. actually be a barrier physically when we try and conceive it's really important that we understand that getting pregnant is not just a click of the finger um, and also to normalize things like miscarriage because it happens to way more of us than we than we know,
1: yeah. And it affects different women very differently. Of course, it carries Definitely. so much weight for some, of and then, yeah. yeah. And then for other women, it's like, well, I guess I just miscarried, perhaps it wasn't meant to be. When in reality, yeah. when we really talk about fertility, women being put on this earth, if we really want to talk about it in basic terms, to reproduce. And the fertility yeah. is just a basic sign of health.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's not just about um, getting pregnant. Just like you said, it's uh, we need to be fertile as women to do a lot of things for our body. Yes. Um, So yeah, it's not just about pregnancy. And again, this is another one of those things where we've been conditioned to believe that if you want to, if you want to optimize your fertility, that means you want to try and get pregnant. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of women, more women than we, than you know, need to optimize their fertility. And that just basically means we need to balance our hormones. We need to make sure we're ovulating every month Um, because having, Balanced levels of estrogen and progesterone and all our sex hormones is extremely important for a lot of things, cognitive function, our heart health, our energy, everything, skin, hair, nails, literally everything that we yeah. get we are made of.
1: One of the big things when it comes to women's health is gut health. And gut health has been a topic of interest for a little while now, as we're learning the connection between the gut and the brain, as we're learning what actually all the magic that happens in our gut. And as Hippocrates said, all disease begins in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that you've done um, work around gut health for a little while. I know people probably have an idea of what that is, but would you, can you explain what is actually gut health?
2: Yeah, so gut health is basically the balance of gut bacteria in your gut microbiome. So we want to make sure that your digestive system is functioning properly, that the organisms of your um, of your digestive tract, your gut microbiome, are working properly because. Obviously, any imbalance in your gut microbiome uh, has an impact on a lot of things. It has an impact on your immunity. It has an impact on your thyroid function. It has an impact on your fertility. It has an impact on your periods. So um, exactly like Hippocrates said, all, you know, pretty much all disease can be linked back to some sort of gut dysbiosis, inflammation, Im- you know, imbalanced bacteria. We have very important bacteria in our gut microbiome that serves as um, like, you know, uh, uh, immune barriers. So this is sort of like the first line of defense for your immune system. So a lot of people are actually extremely deficient in those kinds of bacterias. And so mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of chronic inflammation. We're seeing a lot of, um, you know, autoimmune conditions are really rampant now um, and very common. So there's a lot... That that, there's a lot of the conditions that we see in modern day life that can be linked back to some form of gut dysbiosis.
1: Interesting. And seventy five percent of people that struggle with immune disease are women. That's the latest statistic that I heard. Is that is that still still the same?
2: Um, I believe so. I think that's the last the last time I checked. Yes. I mean, the majority again, unfortunately, the majority of women are um, affected with immune system issues Um, they're affected with thyroid imbalance they're affected with Mm -hmm. you know we are very sensitive to the toxins in our environment we're very sensitive to stress I think again it goes back to the fact that women modern day women are also extremely stressed like probably the most stressed of any generation um, because of everything that we're doing and that's having a major impact on everything on everything like from from our gut health to our cognitive function, to our thyroid health, to our cycles, to our fertility. Um, And I think we're seeing a lot more of a tie between our lifestyles and how our modern Mm -hmm. life has evolved and the way that our bodies are responding. Because at the end of the day, as females, we need to feel safe, like our bodies need to feel safe. Um, And so we just have so many stressors in modern day life that are affecting that
1: that are affecting it and you and I just had a little pre-chat before hitting record on this podcast and one of the things that you did talk that there is still big connection between COVID post-COVID and how women feel mm-hmm. what are you yeah. seeing with that since I think it's a very prevalent current thing
2: yeah I mean I think a lot of women are seeing um, the, the aftermath of first of all psychologically
1: yeah I mean
2: a lot of people lost their jobs. I think the uncertainty of the whole situation of like, when was it going to end? What is actually going on? Um, a lot of people got denied healthcare. care. Um, so um, I was actually watching a doc- documentary the other day that was saying that, you know, people are actually coming in with extreme progression in disease because, oh, wow. you know, they're coming in with severe cases of cancer, severe cases of tumors, um, you know, like all this stuff. And it's because they were denied this medical care for like two years. So they're coming in with advanced stages of these diseases. So, um, you know, women are seeing that women are seeing the psychological effects, the, the stress aftermath, but also a lot of women who got COVID or got the vaccine are seeing the side effects of this chronic inflammation that that created mm-hmm. um, in their systems. And you know one of the most common things that we've seen and i'm sure you you've you know you've read about it and you've seen it with with clients yourself is that their cycles were messed up you know i've yeah. had so many mm-hmm. women tell me that their myself included where their cycles for several months were just completely out of whack um you know i've had women tell me that they've had uh, they've been diagnosed with autoimmune conditions post covid wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, I've, I've even had a number of women tell me they were diagnosed with hypothyroidism and again, it was mm-hmm. stemming from Hashimoto's. So, and this was post COVID. So, you know, whether you got the, the actual, uh, COVID-19 or you, you had the vaccine or anything like that, people are definitely seeing, especially women are definitely seeing the after of that three years still down the line, you know? So Mm -hmm. we can't really underestimate the effects of what that year had on so many people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing a lot of issues like fertility, period problems, um, immune issues. So there is definitely um still, you know, women uh, repercussions of what has gone repercussions Mm -hmm. of those long COVID symptoms.
1: It's so interesting because if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, COVID's been around three years ago. Why am I still feeling shit? Or why am I still feeling like this?" There is yeah. a huge connection. Your body carries it, and it's a clear example that it's still very present in our systems for so many yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah, 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 So interesting. So the are is there actual any evidence that gut health is connected to fertility?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so there are several reasons uh, to pay attention to your gut health. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with fertility, um, I know one of the reasons that I personally went through miscarriage was actually because of a gut um, issue. So at the time mm-hmm. that I suffered from a miscarriage, I was like, well, why is this happening? So I actually went and did a ton of testing. Um, one of the things that I noticed was my thyroid was out of whack. Like my yeah. numbers were completely out of whack and my TSH was very elevated Um, and that obviously can cause a miscarriage. But also, I found out that I had H. pylori and leaky gut and some inflammation in in my gut. So I had to treat all of that, and I had to take care of that before I even thought of getting pregnant again, because there is a huge link between gut health and fertility. And one of the the main things that we, um, many women don't realize is that there's actually um, a role that the gut plays in how our estrogen levels are regulated in our body. Mm. So, there is a department of bacteria in your gut microbiome called the estrobilome. And the estrobilome is basically uh, a collection of bacteria that regulates your estrogen levels. There's an enzyme in your large intestine called um, the beta-glucuronidase. And beta-glucuronidase, when it's, its role is basically to, if it's elevated, it means that it's recirculating estrogen back into your system. So if you're not detoxing estrogen properly, or if you have any um, gut dysbiosis or anything that prevents you from getting rid of excess estrogen in your system, because estrogen is as important as it is, we have to produce it, use it and get rid of it. And if we're Mm -hmm. not getting rid of it efficiently, it starts to recirculate and build up back into our system, which then can obviously throw off the ratio between estrogen and progesterone. And we want to make sure that if we are especially trying to get pregnant, that our progesterone is not low or depleted. So This is extremely common nowadays with women. Uh, The majority of women that I see have gut issues and are also Mm -hmm. experiencing estrogen dominance. So um, this is something that is super, super important to pay attention to because obviously if you have any dysbiosis, any H. pylori, any leaky gut situation, um, you know, intestinal permeability any parasites anything like that that could definitely lead to higher levels of beta glucuronidase or it could be affecting the way that your um, estrogen is being de- detoxified from your body or detox from your body um the other thing is your thyroid and your gut health so mm-hmm. your gut health plays a huge role in your thyroid health and your thyroid is essential for fertility mm-hmm. um so you know and and it's crazy that actually so many doctors never test thyroid levels for women going into pregnancy mm-hmm. or women who are pregnant, um, and a lot of women get diagnosed with postpartum thyroiditis, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, super common because again of this depletion of our immune system. Wow. So. Thyroid imbalance is very common and thyroid imbalance is extremely important for fertility, like I said, and your gut health is extremely important for thyroid balance and vice versa. So the, re- the link there is that um, your thyroid produces a hormone called T4 mm-hmm. and that T4 has to be converted to T3, which is the active form of the thyroid hormone. And that T3 is what's being used by your cells. So your body doesn't actually use T4. That's a storage hormone. But it has to be converted to T3 in order for your cells to to use it. Every cell, every single cell in our body has a thyroid hormone receptor. So that's Mm -hmm. how important thyroid health is to our entire well-being. And the conversion of t4 to t3 happens primarily in the liver but Uh 20 percent of that happens in the gut so if you have any sort of dysbiosis again you might actually see that you are not converting that hormone properly and so it's going to affect your thyroid levels at the same time if you have low thyroid function you will also have higher estrogen levels because a lot of the times low thyroid function affects your digestive system. And one of the most common uh, side effects of hypothyroidism is constipation. Mm. And if we are constipated, and you're obviously because your metabolism slows down with hypothyroidism, Um, you a lot of women start to get constipated. And that constipation leads to estrogen dominance, because just like I said, if you're not eliminating that hormone properly, it's just going to recirculate. So there's a link between gut dysbiosis, thyroid imbalance, especially hypothyroidism, um, estrogen dominance, and fertility issues. So that's why it's so important to make sure that you know, if you have heavy periods, if you have painful periods, if you have PMS, if you have, um, you know, irregular cycles or low progesterone, that you're also looking at your gut health, and you're also looking at your thyroid health, as root causes to those things, because, you know, like I just mentioned, it's all linked. Um, And then with low thyroid function, you're also going to have elevated levels of prolactin. And that elevated prolactin it's going to affect your progesterone levels and your fertility. Mm -hmm. So everything is connected, which is so fascinating. Um, And then the final thing is your immune function. So like I mentioned before, the majority of your immune function lies in your gut. Mm -hmm. So your gut health is essential to your immunity. And um, any sort of inflammation or leaky gut or, you know, parasites, H pylori things like that will cause chronic inflammation in the system mm-hmm. and then that chronic inflammation will lead to depleted progesterone levels obviously it's a stressor on the body um it can lead to you know once we have lower progesterone levels then relatively we will have higher estrogen levels so again like one of the biggest reasons for example women see uh, or experience endometriosis is yeah. this immune function Um, issue because endometriosis is very much linked in inflammation immune dysfunction and higher levels of estrogen so um so yeah i mean that's a very long-winded answer to yes gut health Mm. is essential to your fertility and how your hormones show up
1: that is fascinating. And for those of you that are listening and your eyes are like, what is happening? <laughs> do, please do replay it a few times so you can kind yeah, of, a lot of understand it a little bit. It's a lot of, um, it's a lot of knowledge and it's a lot of kind of breaking down how it works, but I do want to just to help, um, listeners to understand it in a bit more layman's term from the standpoint of symptoms and what they can do so you mentioned constipation um what other things would they experience that they like okay i should pay attention to my thyroid my gut health fertility
2: so um so when it comes to your gut health you can see all sorts of different um you know issues or or Mm -hmm. symptoms There's the overt symptoms, which are obviously like chronic bloating, constipation, you know, Mm -hmm. IBS symptoms like diarrhea, um, you know, any sort of like digestive distress. These are all common overt, what they are called as overt symptoms. Mm -hmm. But you could also have things like joint pain, pelvic Mm. pain, um, acne. Um, You could have mood disorders like anxiety, depression. Um, You could have... Um, I said joint pain. Yeah, so there's, Mm -hmm. there's so many different obviously thyroid imbalance, you know, there's so many things that can actually lead back to um, gut imbalances. And it's not just about bloating. Um, You know, you might not be getting bloated, but you have chronic joint pain, or you've got pelvic pain, or you've got, um, you know, inflammation in your body, or you have eczema or dermatitis or psoriasis Mm, or acne or any of these things, um, or you're like really moody and depressed and low energy. All of that can be linked back to the gut in some form.
1: How interesting, because everything you mentioning, there's so many, I think we often don't connect the skin issues to our guts. We kind of have this idea that there might be some connection, yeah, but, yeah. but the amount of creams that we buy, the amount of um, the sort of the rubbing things, this is the new eczema cream that I think will help. And then it doesn't actually solve the issue. Of course, yeah. it's frustrating. And then we go to a place of, it's me, something is wrong with me. I'm wrong. I'm defaulted in a way that I've created, but actually it's comes down to the gut. So when we talk about more kind of simpler ways of approaching it and where can women start, can you give a bit of guidance as to where do we begin to heal all this?
2: So I would, um, the first thing is that I would try and establish a pattern of symptoms. Like Mm. how long are you seeing symptoms? Do they happen at a certain time um, in a certain, you know, after certain food under certain circumstances, like try and see if there is a pattern to your symptoms, if it's like a one-off thing, no, but we want to look at anything that is chronic. So chronic Mm -hmm. bloating, chronic constipation, you know, if you're not going to the bathroom more than twice a week, then that's a big problem. Right. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people think that that's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So try and establish a pattern. The next thing is, um, you know, we very much go from like zero to 1000 when it comes to gut health. And people are like, okay, you've got chronic bloating, then you need to go pay thousands of dollars and go do all this functional testing and all of this stuff. When at the end of the day, they've not even addressed the basics. And I think the basics are so important and what i mean by basics is like is your digestive system actually working like is the digestive process actually functioning are you actually supporting your digestion and what i mean by that is are you sitting down to a meal are you thoroughly mm. chewing your food are you like constantly distracted are you chronically stressed um are you inhaling your food are you drinking tons of water after you eat a meal You know, all of these things you need to to look into because there is a process, like the amount of people I've worked with who told me that they're chronically bloated, but they eat standing up or they're like shuffling food into their mouth or Mm, they don't even remember how much they ate or what they ate or what it tasted like or anything like that. That is a big part of why people can get bloated, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is a whole process to digestion. And if we're not doing the basics and we're going from zero to a thousand, then it's in my opinion, it's useless. Like we need to make sure that we are first addressing the basics, see how our body reacts, and then we can do testing. So that would be my um, those would be the first two steps is establish a pattern, go back to basics of like chew your food thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sit down at a meal, no distractions. Do some breath work before a meal. If you're someone who's like highly, highly stressed out or you're always eating at your desk or anything like that, try to get out of that environment, especially when you're eating, Um, you know, walking post meals, things like that. Super great for digestion. Um, And then start to maybe establish some food triggers. Like, are there food triggers that you feel are a little bit dodgy? when you remove them, do you feel better? Like if you remove them for two weeks, and then bring them back, how does your body react? So I would take like a good few weeks to kind of establish and understand and listen to your body. And then I would get tested. So 100% I recommend things like the GI map. So the GI Mm -hmm. map, um, for anyone who doesn't know is a comprehensive stool test. Um, it's extremely great at detecting even the hardest bacteria to detect. Mm -hmm. And so it'll tell you everything from, you know, how your gut microbiome is doing, the levels of different bacterias. um, If you have pathogens or parasites or, you know, H. pylori or bacteria, like dysbiosis or bacteria overgrowth, um, how your immune function is doing, how your estrogen detox is doing right so everything that needs to everything you need to know about gut and how to um establish what's going on with your gut microbiome i think the gi map is sort of like the one-stop shop and in my opinion an amazing tool to be able to see what's going on at a deeper level because a lot of people will say like oh but i have food sensitivities and i did a food sensitivity test and i'm sensitive to 50 foods But it's not the foods that are going, it's not cutting out Mm -hmm. those foods that's going to help you. Your microbiome, there's something going on with your microbiome that's not helping you digest those foods. So again, it's going back to that root cause. And that would sort of be like the sequence of um, steps that I would take for anyone who wants to start looking into taking care
1: of their gut. That's massive. My partner, Ben, we've been together, I want to say for about four or five years now, but it was before him the like the way that i would eat it would just be ridiculous i would literally eat on the fly eat in front of desk and ben is french and we live in france now but he was always like what are you doing and like he quite literally slowed me down because in for french people like literally gastronomy and food is like religion so it's just this we would absorb we would for hours we'd sit for lunches and for dinners and it was just so unusual for me at first but this is when my digestive system has begun to heal I started to feel better and actually partially why I ended up going into health because I've just seen the difference that it's not so much the type of food type of food also has a lot to do with it but it's the it's the surroundings around it it's the relaxation and of course now we been living in France for a year now, and just seeing how people treat the ingredients, how much time they take with food, like lunch is at two hours, it's almost normality, which is for, I used to live in North America and in London, and it's just a very different relationship with food. And you can see that when it comes to digestive system, how healthy people look, what actually the struggles that they experience, but this we can't underestimate the chewing food part and just yeah. taking time with your food. And of course, you have little girls, so you know how you teach them. And I feel like we kind of have to bring that education back and be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. actually. 100%. Like, we're gonna learn to chew food now. And it's like, <laughs> I think when I tell that to my clients, they're like, This, uh, but how? And you're like, how am I gonna find time? How can you like how can you not yeah, find yeah. time? It doesn't take yeah. that long, but the amount of difference that it makes in your health is amazing.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I it's crazy. That. Like the smallest things make the biggest,
1: biggest make the biggest difference. But yeah. sometimes we're like, no, there's no way it works. Let's get some really fancy tests and really fancy yeah. medications. And you're like, no. But I do yeah. want to talk about one fancy medication, which has yeah. been a lot of buzz, like probiotic. And uh-huh. often people think that, well, gut health equals probiotic. What are your thoughts on probiotic? Um, so I do not think everyone needs to
2: be on a probiotic. Um mm-hmm. I think it's something that is massively overhyped and actually a lot of people can take bi- probiotics and actually feel worse. So you have to be kind of careful with how much you're taking probiotics, why you're taking probiotics, do you actually need probiotics? Um I always advocate for food over pills and mm-hmm. so like are you getting um, you know are you getting the right probiotic rich foods into your diet you know are you getting things like sauerkraut and kefir and miso and kimchi and all of these things that are very rich you know fermented foods are they part of your diet um, that is the first step the second step is the second thing that I really aggravates me with the whole probiotic thing <laughs> is that people think that taking a probiotic is going to heal their gut it's yeah. not like, there's a lot more in-depth work that needs to happen. It's not just about going to the shop and getting a probiotic. Yes, it can support. Yes, there are some great probiotics on the market. Um, but does everyone need one? Not necessarily. Does everyone need the same kind of probiotic? Absolutely not. So it's really important to understand, you know, Um, how much you need to be taking, like you shouldn't have to be on probiotics all the time. Um, okay. It can help boost, boost or support your gut health, but it's not something that I would advocate is necessarily, you know, you have to be taking it for long periods of time. You shouldn't be taking it for long periods of time to begin with. Um, yes, it can boost in healing. Yes, it can obviously help heal your gut microbiome, but I would definitely do it with someone who is guiding you in the right direction. And every case is different. And like I said, people just think that popping a pill is going to help solve all of their problems. Mm-hmm. But probiotics is not it. Um, and, you know, there are some great probiotics in the market, like spore-based probiotics. Or um, there is a brand called BioCult that I really like to use as yeah. well, um, which is great for travel also because you don't need to refrigerate it. Again, I'm not sponsored by any of these brands, but this is stuff mm-hmm. that I personally use. Um, but again, it's like very, like I would use it when I'm traveling and I know yeah. that my gut health gets impacted. Um, It's not something that I take on a daily basis at all. Um, I make sure I prioritize my diet, um, the types of foods that I'm eating. I make sure that I have a variety of different foods and different colors and different textures and flavors because everything serves its purpose when it comes to nutrition and our gut health. Um, And, you know, obviously stress is a huge part of it. Like we Mm -hmm. really underestimate the effects of stress on our gut health on, you know, how um, it completely depletes good gut bacteria. It creates this space and opportunity for gut dysbiosis. There's a huge link between gut issues and, and, you know, cognitive function and mental health and stress and all of that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I would just say, in my opinion, get a better opinion of whether or not you (laughs) need probiotics. Um, It's not something that I would rush to go and buy and first address if you actually even need them, you might not need them.
1: Um, So yeah,
2: that's my take on probiotics.
1: I love that because there is so much, we believe often that if we're going to take probiotics and it's a huge market at the moment that it'll be all healed and then yeah. it doesn't. And like, what was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. there's so much, there is there is the power in the slower healing where you take a bit more time, but actually heal things from the root cause, as you say, yeah, which exactly. is amazing. So kind of to turn it back in and kind of look back to the fertility, what is the most important thing you would want someone to know who is planning to get pregnant would like to get pregnant so
2: for me i think one of the most important things is to one recognize that you need to prepare for pregnancy it's not mm. just like a poof, you know whatever like i yeah. said before um it does take work right it, it takes years of preparation months of preparation weeks of preparation and um it's not just as easy as people make it seem you know, you need to make, make sure that you're eating the right foods. You need to make sure that more than just your egg quantity, your egg quality is up to par.
0: Mm. Um,
2: You need to make sure that your lifestyle is supportive of a pregnancy. You know, if you are someone who is highly stressed out, you do like hit workouts six times a week, you have irregular cycles, you're not getting enough sleep, you're eating all kinds of processed foods, um, you're using all kinds of toxic products and ingredients mm-hmm. and your house is filled with like conventional cleaning products and and you know aerosol deodorants and <laughs> all of that stuff yeah. you want to really like look inwards because a lot of that stuff causes fertility struggles I, and you know mm-hmm. one of the leading causes of of infertility is um, actually toxins environmental toxins for both men and women um and it's not just up to us by the way to prep our bodies it's also our partner's job to prep their bodies. Absolutely. Um, and you know it takes two to tango and I know a lot of women who are doing all the right things and are really you know primed for pregnancy but their partners are smokers or they're really overweight or they're mm-hmm. not taking care of their diets and so their sperm quality is really affected but they're not willing to change that. So That is something that you also need to address with your partners and is equally as important as you preparing your body. Um, And unfortunately, you know, my my husband works with with men and, and a lot of and he's a trainer and a lot of men are suffering from low testosterone, sperm quality issues um, you know, they're overweight, the the estrogenic factors of a lot of chemicals that are in their products and are in plastic, which is everywhere, those chemical synthetic estrogens are affecting them just as much as they are affecting us. So estrogen levels are becoming higher in men now, and testosterone levels are depleting. So it's really important that just as much as you prepare for your body, they need to prepare for theirs. And I would say, give yourself a good three to six months prior to starting trying to like get your body in a place where it's ready to try to conceive. That, mm-hmm. I think that would be the most important um, thing to kind of address first and foremost.
1: Yeah, because I think the health of your baby will very largely depend on the health of your body. Sandra, this has been so much information. Thank you so much. And Thank for those you. of you listening, you may need to listen to this a couple <laughs> of times just so you can absorb all the little bits. But if people want to get in touch with you and follow your work, how they can find you?
2: So the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. So you can follow me at Sandra Sharp with an E wellness. Um, drop me a DM. You can contact me Um Just let me know that you listen to this podcast episode and I know where you're coming from, but my DMs are always open. So feel free to to get in touch if you have any questions.
1: Brilliant. And we're going to leave the links in the show notes so people know exactly how to do so. So if you need to do it, just click on the show notes. And I want to once again, thank you for your wealth of knowledge. Thank you for not giving up on your health and with it helping hundreds of others. And I look forward to chatting with you soon.
0: I hope you loved these episode. If this resonated, as per usual, slide into my DMs on Instagram at dinara.mukh and let me know. I love to hear from you about the bits that are resonating. Until next time.